0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The Trek Files, Season 10, Episode 22, Hastings College Speech, 1979.
1: Welcome to The Trek
0: Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Welcome back, Star Trek fans. Oh, have we got a great Trek Files for you this week? And it's actually a little bit surprising in the mix of how we've set it up. So it's so great to have you back with us, all you Star Trek fans, of course, all you Star Trek, hey, you history buffs, you canonises, I say it lovingly, you tech heads, everybody. <laughs> Most of all, you Trekophiles, spelled with an F, of course. Um, yeah. Take a look. If you're a veteran of the show, you know what to do. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Take a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Trek files. Not only can you get the audio there, but that's where we have our documents of the week each week. Hey, we're the only podcast with homework in the best way, I'll tell you. No, find the documents for the week there. Now, look, uh, check it out. I'm going to be back with a guest in just a second. Here's an audio sample, just a sample. You want to read all of it. Uh, But hang around, and I'll be right back with this week's special guest. One third of the people on this planet are undernourished, and more will die of it this year than a 100 years ago. And as if to make certain we can't get together on any solution... We have seen the world's nations returning to petty nationalism, religious intolerance, and military government at a rate which would have seemed impossible to a graduating class like this 50 years ago. If we are infants, as my extraterrestrial friend says, somehow the infants in this crib seem to have gotten hold of butcher knives and, hell, we're none of us even potty trained yet. Very visceral Gene here. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, this is a speech he gave to Hastings College and it was one of the earlier versions of a speech he evolved all through the 70s and through the 1980s, uh, Trekophiles. Uh, yes, we're going to turn to the philosophical side of Star Trek this week, uh, dive in. And what's going to be cool is we're going to talk about it with somebody who is known more for his artwork and his graphics. In fact, he was just a recently a, a guest on the show here. Um, but this is something you wanted to talk about, and I will talk about it. Hey, I, the Trek of Files is all about background and concepts in Gene's life and his other projects too. And we laugh about the uh, guruification of Gene through the '70s and the '80s before the comeback of of uh, the Next Generation and Star Trek back on small screen TV. And what better place to start than with this his Hastings speech, which I said became the the test bed, became the roots of a of a speech he gave. Many times as it evolved over the la- next few years. And look who I've got joining me once again. You, you heard him just a few weeks back talking about all things graphics, his, norm- his nominal world in the Modern Trek series. But I'm so glad to have to talk about this, especially this week. Uh, uh, Timothy Peel. Tim, thank you for coming back to us. Normally, the first assistant art director for Discovery and all through Discovery and then now Strange New Worlds with a team of art folks working on you, uh, working on the shows big career before that across hollywood but uh you said you wanted to look at something of uh, gene's um we actually were talking about people comparing gene's philosophy and how people treat star trek as religion almost in a loving way versus some people that have run out uh and started actual religions uh anyway it's an interesting kind of fascinating topic and i thought this was a great place to start maybe
1: Well, it's, it's great for you to have me back larry i just can't quit you I just can't. I can't <laughs> quit Star Trek. Either. We can't quit I you, can't quit. Tim. Okay. Um, uh, thank you kindly. And uh, yes, I I agree. It, it, Gene's philosophy, uh, or his philosophical roots in the back of sort of the underlying bedrock of all of his series, uh, even if it's uh, wagons to the stars, uh, really, <laughs> really seems to resonate. And, uh, you know, he's sort of of a time when you had... Uh, Philip K. Dick and Arthur C. Clarke and L. Ron Hubbard. So there's a range of what level of philosophy would come out of the sci-fi writers of that time. Uh, But his humanist sort of side has always resonated with me, and I've seen it uh, in all of the shows he's done and to sort of try to use in my side graphics to to help that, the democratization of of information aboard a ship mm-hmm. to try to create a user interface that could be used by every race in infinite combinations, infinite amounts of people all using this great library access system. <laughs> uh, that is <laughs> an interface, and so I try to embrace his philosophy in my work, but it also just influences. And I got to say, like, because I'm a I'm a hardcore sci-fi. Uh, uh, science fiction novel r- reader, and I, you know, but I really mm-hmm. I, I did read some of the modern writers, you know, recently just reading Murderbot, this, this Murderbot series, which is a lot of fun, a lot of sort of interesting, but really my, I come from the Philip K. Dick era, you know, I grew up on Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up, and, and so, and Arthur C. Clarke is still, it's, he's still my favorite author. I mean, I'm, I'm 52 years old, least, and it's had um, ample opportunity to find new, upcoming authors but I just can't seem to find uh, Arthur C. Clarke's equal for me in the fact that he was so prescient, half of his theories became real, became science-fact. And Gene Roddenberry is one of those people who managed to write uh, television series with that vein of Arthur C. Clarke, and and that Hastings speech has so much Arthur C. Clarke in it. Uh, It's such a, a rational... The look, but his and the thing that Rodberry maybe does that Arthur C. Hart doesn't and I don't is the spiritual, sort of religious nature at the end of it, which is sort of our aliens, gods. Is that what made us worship right. that? A very interesting turn at the, at, the, at the end of that speech that I find particularly interesting because it's the most beyond me.
0: <laughs> well, you know, this is this, so this is 79. Yeah. So he's doing this, um, you know, on the eve of there's been a renewed interest in Star Trek and all things Roddenberry because the motion picture's yeah. coming out. And we haven't seen, I think it took the Wrath of Khan before I started seeing people, and maybe it was just the 80s in yeah. general, but just our pop culture and media before we started thinking about things like franchises yeah. beyond something like a McDonald's and a Burger King being a franchise. Because Wrath of Khan is so much more digestible.
1: It's not as theoretical. It's not a scientific. The first one's an experiment. truly fantastic. Into that.
0: Well, there, you know, even the paradigm of TV and movies, because yeah. no one had ever brought back a TV, a, a real movie of motion. Yeah. You know, the Batman TV movie, and I mean, go down the list, there are TV shows that would, let's throw three of these yeah. together yeah. and we'll show them in but theaters yeah, and glad. call it a movie. But a motion picture, that broke the mold, especially for a little TV show that people thought was a failure at the time, right? Oh it's not like they made the motion picture for Bonanza after 20 years or something. So You're also going
1: to like those guys at ILM where it's like, hey, uh, you just finished this one impossible story. We're thinking about doing a Star Trek. You want to try uh, building motion control rigs and models for this? Yeah, okay, whatever. <coughs> you want to do what? Major? Okay, whatever. <laughs> we'll build it. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, and but that was even, you know, ILM wasn't a thing yet. They were still uh, the, the motion pictures, Jesus, that, which was the whole yeah. po- point of that, was the big de- debacle on visual yeah. effects and having to, yeah. Then, and the world had turned completely by 82 in Wrath of Khan. There was an ILM and all that. But it's re- reading his speech here. So from 79, he's been talking on college campuses. And I think evolving from just why was Star Trek successful? And we always thought the audience was intelligent to really starting to go deeper. And when he's talking about you know it struck me here when he's talking about the socioorganisms, yes. I mean, this so thing great. about oh national boundaries are an artificial I mean that was that's pure Star Trek, and that you know when Kirk does a speech and talks about going from uh, Julius Caesar to Hitler to Lee Kwan to Colonel Green, you know, and they do that past into the future, yeah. you can totally see that that's the philosophy of United Earth, and now we have a federation but um this when he's talking about the socioorganism as his term here, yeah. and other ways of people, you know, evolving in group. I I'm reading it in my 2024 eyes, 2023 eyes, and I'm thinking, does this explain what's going on with social media? Yeah. You know, and we have people tribalizing or organizing along social lines that way that transcend national boundaries, but sometimes with even a, as dark a side as
1: I think Carl, you know, so what a lot about that too. One hundred percent, I think. I can't remember what uh, I think it's Daniel Dennett, he's a philosopher, extreme rationalist. Uh, I think it was him who's saying that uh, basically the, the gist of, of uh, human consciousness is that we're basically a cellular consensus. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have a, a soul that resides in a specific spot inside your brain uh, or inside the particular uh, network of your brain. It happens to be in the moment of transmission. It's sort of this energy that's floating. Around, but the fact is, the consciousness seems to have awareness of all the cells in the body. It's like a cellular consensus that creates the sort of general body politic that is you. And maybe that's yeah. I mean, that's sort of what Gene's touching upon now, as human being, as all the separate beings being part of that cellular consensus that creates this um, this one large organism, the superorganism, as you were just saying. Uh, and yeah, Carl Sagan, remembers talking about how we're we're losing of what's real uh, and that we'll become increasingly superstitious uh, and divided uh, even though we're more connected. Uh,
0: and, and we've got the, the most advanced science and technology we've ever... ever. Like, you know, yeah, could you right.
1: believe that you would have the sum total of human knowledge uh, in your phone and yet be one of the most ignorant generations that's ever existed? I don't think you could have ever predicted that. It's kind of shocking. <laughs> well...
0: You know, I guess the silver lining of that is the writers are never going to be out of material to, uh, you know, there was a because there was a time, you know, so he's talking here in 79 and I remember reading this speech at times, but I remember when in the 90s and the next generation is flourishing and I remember thinking the 60s, it's 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 the arrogance of generations at the time (laughs) or that thing about, gosh, I wish I was born in in such and such era, so I could have been around for World War II, or I could have been there for the Civil War, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Those are horrifically traumatic times, right? But I remember thinking, Star Trek will never be what it was in the original, because in the 60s, you had Vietnam, and you had, you know, racial strife, and the March for Civil Rights, and all of that, and that was what was animating the subtext of Star Trek, and now it's the 90s, and we've got the dot-com boom, and everybody's so affluent, and everything is cushy and you've got carpet on the walls of the enterprise and you've got a counselor on the bridge. Totally. You know, and I was thinking it'll never be that way again. And then boom, look what's happened the last 20 years. And
1: this, <laughs> and this speech again. feels very, but yeah. But the weird thing is that the, the, uh, the ocean liner in space hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Russia fell, but I guess it didn't fall far enough. Um, because we still, we have a hint of militarization. In the newer versions of Star Trek, still uh, we seem to yeah. be skirting around comfortable ships. No one wants carpet on the floors. Uh, yeah, they still trying to be <laughs> much less on the know, walls, just on the walls. But it's still going to be a shiny, semi-militarized ship. And uh, it's strange that the darker episodes uh, tend to resonate a bit uh, more at times now. Uh, but also, you know, there, there's still this this um, the utopian vision never quite gets crushed, no matter how serious they try to get it. There's still this uh, genes underlying sort of mm-hmm. idea about that super organism, basically working to, uh, towards, to use your country's terms, a better union, to make a better union, to improve a better union. Uh, and that's a, that's a dream I think all of humanity shares. I mean, deep down inside, even the, the most sort of rabid, nasty, militant person still wants to get some food at the mall, provide for their family, have a safe place to sit. Right. And if we could do it all together, maybe, you know, we could do it all together on a ship somewhere.
0: If we could do it all together without thinking someone always had to be on top, someone yeah, always zero, had to some be on being. the bottom yeah. or else are you else you have no value as a as a single if you if you're not always on the top or upward bound. Yeah. How
1: do we include that person? and that ruthlessness and guile into society, because it, they're never going away. We're going to live with them all the time. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how did Star Trek solve it? It's our, it's our journey to try to figure out how to tell that story. How do you get that ruthless? There, there's going to be a ruthless power grabber always. It's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. like it's in our genes. I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's a natural That's- selection thing.
0: I, I got to a point, I guess, in high school or college when I realized the real reason communism would never work is because it p- tried to make everyone yeah, equal. And, it just came. and that's never yeah. going to, that's always going to, you know, it's like, well, don't worry about the nuclear bomb war no, thing. No. It's going to inherently fail yeah, eventually even because weird. there'll always be human, human nature to, uh, yeah. So, how do you actually corral that and use it to the good? And I think
1: that's what we're doing in Star Trek. That when, we're, uh, when, when I moved from uh, content consumer to content creator, which was a paradigm mm-hmm. shift in my life uh, that I didn't even realize at the time, but now I do. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's our job, that exact story, trying to figure that one out, which is we're definitely not born equal and our challenges and our opportunities and our skills and talents and abilities are not equal at all. Uh, the desire to be equal is, is a noble pursuit and I think we should desire it, but also have to allow it to fail. Like, you have to allow extraordinary people to rise, and you can't crush brilliance in the name of fairness. Right. You have, yeah, you have to have trophies for actual success. Uh, but you also have to have a tolerant environment in which someone who is a little shaky can grow. There's no way are you going to, no fascist society is going to have a Stephen Hawking. They're just not, mm-hmm. right? And the immeasurable value of someone as, as crippled and damaged and challenged as that, as easily, easily criticized and sidelined by a, uh, a ruthless mm-hmm. society with an unrelenting vision of itself that's brittle, unbending, and intolerant. Are you going to ever have a genius like that uh, and hear him? Because he's going to exist, but you're not going to hear him. Right. Much less survive.
0: If you've or got survive. that many physical... Yeah otherings to them, yes. if you're going to be that physically, you know, disabled. Exactly. But, and where you can't, people don't see the brilliance within. Absolutely. Uh, like, I'm yeah, sure like the China mind, has the whole as
1: many geniuses per capita as the rest of the world. But you need to live in a society like that. It's not going to percolate to the top in a way where the struggle of mm-hmm. opportunism, which is unfortunately wild right now, uh, sort of brings... So, yeah. what is it in Star Trek that we can do to guide that to be a more ethical, guided, controlled environment that gives it that freedom for spontaneity and moments right. of brilliance and genius? Because that's sort of it, Spock and that's Kirk and that's uh, it's everything. I, I don't know how to do that yet.
0: Across the oh, well, if you do, make sure and let me know yeah, because yeah, I, I'm sure you could put it in the and box all and, to, and sell you know, the constitution
1: it. of that somehow.
0: Yeah. You know, we always talk about uh, equality and diversity and all the, all the goals that we normally want and all the things that Star Trek espouses sure. and that were kind of subversive, not even subversive in your face, but just sneaked into the subtext the where, yeah. you know, the censors weren't, you know, which was Gene's plan. Right. But it almost comes back to everyone is going to be different. We're all going to manifest ourselves in different oh. ways. It's more like the opportunity to find your, your yeah. way and then not yeah. be hindered or in, unencumbered Absolutely. to do that. But here's, uh, you know, so here's Gene talking in 79. So we're not, we don't have social media. We have computers, but we don't have laptops. We don't have the power of the entire, you know, Apollo command service module in, on yes. your phone yeah. or more. We don't have a, and, and, uh, the, the 90s when they we'd be at a different planet in next generation, yeah. and they just talk about, well, we're going to access the planetary information grid and look up people's deaths and births and where they yeah. lived and their bios and the idea that you just, there was just a central yeah. database. And not only was there one in the Federation, but every little planet we go to yeah. that's, that that we're visiting because they have warp drive, that they have a thing and we're just going to link it. I mean, you know, th- we do. We have that now. We didn't have that in 1987.
1: Um, but it was pressing to yeah. think of it then. Like, it's kind of wild that they, a lot of them, the great thinkers saw what was coming in a way that I didn't. I was young, so I was immature, so maybe... I, I wasn't a deep, but the, the, the thoroughness to which they Arthur C. Clarke did a speech about telework, about not needing cities. I think he did it in 71 or like 70, where basically work will no longer need to be localized mm-hmm. uh, and that people can pursue their own lives and work. And like we, we basically predicted the sort of what took a pandemic to make happen. Uh, I mean, right.
0: Well, we were on the path, but like everything, the, the trauma of social trauma accelerates. But,
1: but it's just that ability to was, see it, yeah. to think of that, in, in that level of detail, when it was all abstract, it was all just sort of theory chess pieces in his head. Not mm-hmm. We have a lot of proof, so we get to say this easily now. But for him to say that, I just, I'm always still flabbergasted by it, the vision of really something, really, really okay. something.
0: Well, and then to, to wrap this up with Gene wrapping, as you said earlier, wrapping his remarks here up. The guy that we think of as the, yes. the humanist, but he's wrapping his arms around the people who have positivism connected to theology yeah. and religion. If you're going to yeah. take the good parts and not the... Uh, like anything, you can take anything and abuse yes. it for your own ends. And um, and being included. Well, that's where he goes wow. where I can't. Well, sort of,
1: sort of, sort of one last little bit, which is where he... He's able to find a way to put his arms around things that are complicated difficult that don't conform to the Star Trek world. It's, I think it's what he was so good at uh, and it's what I'm struggling with is how do I embrace because I'm not a very religious person at all. I'm actually quite an orthodox atheist but I, I, I recognize and value spirituality and I recognize but how to put your arms around that and invite them and bring them into that super organism. I don't know man, it's amazing. He was, that, that last right. paragraph is really something. I don't think I could have written that. <laughs> Read until the yes. end. Tell yes. the, and wait till you see what happens in the last All chapter. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been this has been great, Tim. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad we were able to, to open your your cellar and let you out of the art room for a moment. Get your well. I, I need some daylight. <laughs> a little screens? bit of vitamin
1: D always helps. A little bit of vitamin.
0: <laughs> some yeah. literal as well as figurative vitamin daylight. A.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's been, so thanks for coming by. It's been great to have you. And we look forward to getting all these hidden uh, seasons back on screen and getting on with more Star Trek yeah, hopefully. And, and getting to enjoy hopefully the Hopefully, we have an industry yeah, yeah.
1: next year, we can get all back and uh, put it all together. And Portal 47 will have endless content forever and ever. I'm here for you. <laughs>
0: amen. <laughs> amen. As well
1: as, well uh, as this yeah.
0: show, too. But thank you for <laughs> the thank mention. You so much. <laughs> the Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment and all of our documents, as you can see here, and your chance to comment, please do, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, thank you, Tim, for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes. Visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, and yeah, that is me, at larrynemachek.com. But hey, that's where you can also link in for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop there, too. Trek well, everybody.